Hello, I'm Patrick. I'm still worried. Yippee! This time about pipelines. So, what is a pipeline? Well, like the internet, oil and gas pipelines are a series of tubes. But, as always, let's break it down as simply as possible. A pipe is a tube that you clean with a pipe cleaner. And a line is what a civilized society will wait in. And waiting in lines is the worst part of a grocery store. But the best part of a Nickelback concert. And just to be clear, that's assuming that you're waiting in line to leave the concert. Um, line dancing was invented for people who find dance moves like the running man or the moonwalk too sexually suggestive. To be clear, what we're going to be talking about here is mainly oil pipelines, oil and gas pipelines. There are definitely other kinds of pipelines. There are sewers, which are gross, but they house ninja turtles, so we need them. There are water pipelines, which, you know, okay, fine. In Belgium, there's even a beer pipeline. It's the Have Moon Beer Pipeline in Bruges. And I hear that in Bruges, they also have a lot of alcoves. Am I saying that correctly? Alcoves? Beer pipelines are by far my favorite kind of pipeline. I would totes be in favor of the Keystone XL if the XL stood for beer. But again, what we're mainly going to be talking about is oil pipelines. So in North America, there is a vast network of mainly underground pipes that carry either natural gas, crude oil, or refined oil. When pipelines are carrying crude oil, they are transporting crude oil from the extraction site to the refineries in order to get refined. And I got refined when I was just 10. That's when I learned what side of a plate an escargot spork goes on. My Nana actually taught me this really easy rhyme to help me remember. Escargot to the left, forever be deft. Escargot to the right, you're a moron. Then there are pipelines that transport refined oil from the refineries to just about everywhere else in North America. According to the internet, roughly 16 billion barrels worth of oil is transported through pipelines each year within the U.S. alone. That's a lot of oil. That's enough oil to fill exactly one oil barrel 16 billion times. In fact, that's more than double the amount of oil that's actually consumed each year within the U.S. Most of the oil that's in those pipelines is being sold overseas. So clearly pipelines mean big business. And so here's the crux of the whole thing as I see it. If your main concern is the economy, you should be in favor of pipelines. If your main concern is the environment, you should not be in favor of pipelines. Now, I should say that I am not an economist. What I know is that there are economics, and then there are also freakonomics, which I'm pretty sure are the collective economic theories of Morgan Freeman. Theory number one, get busy living, or get busy buying. I deeply apologize for that. Anywho. So the only real alternative to pipelines is trains. But pipelines get more domestic oil out of the ground and into the marketplace faster than using trains. So in that sense, pipelines are much better for the economy. But they spill, and they spill bigly. Trains that carry gas and oil will also often spill, but since trains can't carry as much, they don't spill as much. When pipelines spill, they can spill thousands upon thousands more gallons of oil and gas than any train could ever dream of spilling. And although trains are heavy dreamers, pipelines are like the little engines that could of spilling oil. And then there's also climate change to worry about. And yes, I am very much worried about climate change. So one of my first questions was, which method of transporting the oil, pipelines or trains, 
leaves a smaller carbon footprint. And which leaves a smaller carbon footprint when you factor in also building, maintaining, and using the infrastructure? So that was my first question on this subject. But ironically enough, one of my first questions ever that I remember was, am I allowed to wear a Band-Aid even if I'm not bleeding? I was not. And I cried. But trains or pipelines, which leaves a smaller carbon footprint? Well, I quickly realized that the number of variables that need to be considered to answer that question is incredibly large. But also, as it turns out, the answer is of incredibly little consequence. Because the amount of carbon that's released in transporting the oil is absolutely nothing compared to the amount of carbon that's released by the eventual burning of the oil. It's like asking what's better for my health, walking 100 miles to Des Moines or rollerblading 50 miles to Dubuque. In the end, you're still in godforsaken Iowa, and Iowa is good for nobody's health. Kevin Costner moved there, and he was relentlessly harassed and threatened by corn, so much so that he was forced to build a baseball diamond and kidnap James Earl Jones. And then his daughter, Gabby Hoffman, was thrown off the bleachers whilst choking on a hot dog, forcing Moonlight Graham to rapidly age about a hundred years, just so he could use his superhuman medical skills to pat her on the back a few times? That is to say, if you're concerned about climate change, the main issue is not how you transport oil. It's the fact that you're extracting oil and then burning it. I mean, it's like if meth dealers started distributing meth in Erlenmeyer flasks. Those are some big flasks, and some people would be tempted to say, those pesky meth dealers, they shouldn't be selling their wares in Erlenmeyer flasks, it's just not safe. Sure, an Erlenmeyer flask worth of meth is probably more than I could take in an hour. But as usual, an Erlenmeyer flask is not the one to blame here, people. It's the meth industry. And also, if the meth industry is being heavily subsidized, Maybe, just maybe, the one subsidizing the meth industry is also very much to blame. And just in case it wasn't clear, in that little analogy, the meth was oil, and the meth industry was the oil industry, and the government was the subsidizers, and I was the Erlenmeyer flask. The sexy, sexy Erlenmeyer flask. Why, hello there. Am I crazy? Or are you the sexiest Erlenmeyer flask I've ever seen? Why can't it be both? So, just as an Erlenmeyer flask can move more meth, a pipeline can move more oil and move more oil faster. Which means, the more pipelines we build, the more oil we're ultimately going to take out of the ground before we transition away from fossil fuels. And that means more carbon in the atmosphere, which means higher global temperatures and causing sea levels to rise even higher. So in that sense, pipelines may be worse than trains, but only slightly. But then again, transporting oil by rail also has that pesky problem of trains occasionally exploding, potentially near populated areas, and definitely killing humans. When trains explode, they kill humans. When oil pipelines spill, they only tend to spoil humans' quality of life and kill non-human life things. Although, gas pipelines can explode too. Ugh, pipelines! Alright, we're gonna take a little bit of a break here to unwind and to hear a message from our corporate sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Corporate Sponsors. Why not experience the joy of sponsoring a corporation today? For the low cost of just $99,000 a day, the simple cost of just one ridiculously overpriced rollerblade a day, you can feed a mid to upper level executive for an entire three hours. 
please sponsor a corporation because remember you can't spell corporation without rat ion so one good thing that happened recently is that after months of peaceful protest at standing rock the army corps of engineers under president obama decided not to proceed with building the dakota access pipeline under lake oahe which is just upstream from the water supply at standing rock and it's fantastic to see that people can still stand up and fight against corporate interests and score a win. But you've still got to be worried, because that pipeline has to go somewhere. It may or may not be under Lake Oahe, but it will have to cross the Missouri River somewhere. And it's worrisome, because if there's one thing that Plain Oregon Trail has taught me, it's that if you try to ford the river, everyone is getting dysentery. The thing is, the Dakota Access Pipeline is already about 90% built. It just needs to get across the Missouri River. And the question is, where is it going to cross? Obviously, the people at Standing Rock don't want it to cross at Lake Oahe, because, even though they no longer own the land, they do still consider the land to be sacred. But sacrosanctity aside, the site is upstream from their water supply, and the potential for crude oil to contaminate your drinking water is to say the least, a bit of a bummer. Although, let's try and be realistic. The odds of the pipeline springing a leak at the exact location under the river are extremely slim. But pipelines do spill a lot. And having a pipeline near your water supply is kind of like living next door to the town's recovering flasher when it's your weekend with the kids. Sure, it's unlikely you're going to get flashed because he's free to go wherever he likes. But you know someone is going to get flashed, so you may just want to go ahead and build that fence. Alright, that was a horrible analogy, and in that analogy, the fence represented whatever the solution is to pipelines, but I have no clue what that solution might be. So the analogy just keeps getting worse. But if the pipeline were to be built at Lake Oahe, there would be a chance, albeit a really small chance, that the Standing Rock water supply could be contaminated. And I am worried that it will be built there. Obama isn't going to be in office forever. He doesn't even have six weeks left. Yikes. And then you hear people saying things like, oh, don't be so sensitive. The Missouri River has like seven or eight pipelines already crossing it. Sure. Because it's like mom used to always say, don't shit where you eat. Unless seven or eight other people already shit there, then shit away. First off, most of those intersections where pipelines already cross the Missouri River aren't lands considered sacred by the local population. Second, because of this whole people need water to live situation, I think humans have a right to be concerned and to have a say in what happens in and around their water supply. And especially in this case, because it is not all that unheard of for oil pipelines to leak and to contaminate local water supplies. If you go to the Wikipedia page dedicated to pipeline leaks, or as it's more commonly known, WikiLeaks, you can see the hundreds of spills and explosions and contaminations and other accidents that are reported each year. If you're interested in something a little more official, you can check out all the Canadian incidents involving pipelines on the Transportation Safety Board of Canada's website, or for U.S. incidents, check out the National Transportation Safety Board website. Spoiler alert, it's terrifying! <sighs> but finally, I'm also worried a bit about Canada. So let's go ahead and talk about Justin Trudeau. 
And if you don't know who Justin Trudeau is, do yourself a favor. Go to Google Images right now and just type in Canadian Dreamboat. I kid you not, the majority of the top 10 images will be of Prime Minister Justin. As you've probably figured out by now, Justin Trudeau is the Canadian Prime Minister and leader of the Liberal Party. Also, his father, Pierre Trudeau, was famous in Canada for being the Montreal airport. And last week, the Prime Minister gave the go-ahead for two new major pipeline projects. The more controversial of the two is the Trans Mountain Pipeline, which is a pipeline that would be built basically right beside an already existing pipeline that transports crude oil from Alberta to the coast of British Columbia. It would more than double the amount of oil that the existing pipeline currently carries. So that kind of worries me, because we also just agreed to reduce carbon emissions and to help try and curb climate change. Now, some people, like BC's former Premier Dan Miller, make the argument that the pipeline won't affect Canadian emissions because the majority of that oil is being transported to the coast in order to ship it off and sell it to other countries. But it's not like when China buys our oil, they're just going to hang it on a museum wall in an avant-garde Canadian tar exhibit. They're going to burn that oil, and the carbon is going to get into the atmosphere. Sure, Canadian emissions won't greatly increase, but Canada doesn't have its own personal atmosphere. It's one atmosphere, and will be responsible for increasing global emissions. Look, I get that we're a country with resources, and I understand that finding quicker and cheaper ways to get our resources to the marketplace is good for our economy. But it's not good for the overall planet. I mean, I'm sympathetic to people here that need jobs, but I'm also sympathetic to people in the Maldives who need land that isn't underwater. I'm worried for everyone. It's a complicated issue. And I know I certainly don't have any good answers. So, like always, if you're also worried, let someone know. Maybe a priest, maybe a rabbi, maybe that kid who used to rent you videos at the old blockbuster on the corner. He's really mellowed out over the years. He got rid of the ponytail and the eyebrow ring. For heaven's sakes, he has a seven-year-old who can play happy birthday on the auto harp. Where does the time go? I guess it just keeps on flowing down that pipeline we all call love. <sighs> Good night, Bradley. This week's episode was also brought to you by the People's Choice Duck Dancing Awards. Because who's better at deciding which duck dances better than other ducks than people? Certainly not ducks. Nope. It's the people's choice. <laughs> <laughs>